As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, it's a great time for a 49ers live room. Everybody file on in, get ready to answer or get ready to ask your questions and we'll get to answering them are in the middle of some serious roster construction. In fact, I'm sitting in my apartment here in the city, and there's some construction going on about a block away, and I hear the hammers and you know saws and all that. Well, I feel that that's what the 49ers are doing at their facility right now. They're building up uh, not only the 53-man roster, and that is not a done deal yet, as Trey Sermon learned a couple hours ago, but uh, they're also building up the practice squad and they still have four spots left to fill on the 16 player practice squad. So uh, a lot happening, Matt, every time that we take a look at Twitter, or I'm sure when you take a look at your cell phone, because uh, you've broken a lot of this uh, practice squad news today, something new has happened. And so that means that the 49ers are working toward the start of the regular season. And I'll tell you what, it's August 31st. There's still a lot of work to be done before September 11th based on how many roster maneuvers are still happening. Yeah, we still got some things to, to go. I mean, uh, you know, you look at that practice squad, uh, the 13 guys on it, no, none of them is a, uh, is a running back. Um, and we, we were talking about yesterday about how deep they were at running back, and they were. They had five tailbacks at that position. Well, t- today it's four. Uh, with, with Trey Sermon being waived, and um, they have zero on the, on the practice squad. So I think one of those spots will go to a um, a running back, a tailback at some point, and probably uh, another offensive lineman gets uh, gets added to the mix, and uh, and maybe a safety. And then and we still don't know what uh, what's happening with Dante Johnson because Dante Johnson always comes back in one way, shape, or form. So. They uh, they seem to be a little bit thin at that spot, too. But it, it is fun to sort of look at this and you can sort of figure out their strategy, how they're, they're, they're trying to kind of uh, create a bulwark against uh, a spate of injuries like they had. Well, like they like they always have, but like they really had last year early on at, uh, at both running back and cornerback. Yeah, we'll see if Trey Sermon passes through waivers because Jermichael Hasty didn't. Jermichael Hasty got picked up by... Jacksonville 49ers initially on the 53 man roster Tuesday carried five running backs that was unprecedented but they obviously considered Sermon one of the worst players on that 53 man roster because when it came time for the 49ers to make their own waiver claims on Wednesday morning 
They brought in Blake Hance, former Cleveland Browns offensive lineman. Hance played tackle last season, but he's listed as a guard. And in the 2020 playoffs, if you remember that game against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, where all of Cleveland's offensive line, first string, was was out due to to, the COVID issues. I think their coach was out too, but they still dominated Pittsburgh. Hance was one of the linemen who played for the Browns in that game, and he played guard in that game. It's the only time that he's played guard at the NFL level, and he was really good. Like his pass protection scores were even really good in that game. So uh, he's probably familiar with something that's at least similar to the 49er system given the fact that he played for the Browns and, and Kevin Stefanski. And it's funny because fans talked about uh, uh, the 49ers needing to pick up a former Cleveland interior offensive lineman. They were talking about J.C. Treader all offseason. Instead, Treader's retired, and the 49ers have Blake Hans now. He essentially takes Trey Sermon's spot on the 53-man roster. Yeah, and it's hard to figure out just from uh, a need basis what what the 49ers see Hans as a tackle or a guard because really um, they they could use some help uh, at both spots um, that that was obvious in the off season I think with the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo signing um, at least uh, depth wise you can say that that quarterback is 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 pretty well stocked now and that really the weakness is uh, along the offensive line. So at, at tackle, you've got uh, Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. That's great. That, that's fantastic. Um, but McGlinchey's already dealing with a knee injury. And then the, the two guys behind them are uh, Colton McKivitz and Jalen Moore. And I really think that the, the team sees both of those guys as, as guards moving forward. And I think it's sort of a, a necessity um, um, uh, that, uh, that they're having to play tackle right now. So, um, I, you know, that, that's a position that really needs to be stocked. That, I think we're going to go into the offseason with, with that as sort of the, the major focus, finding a real tackle, legitimate tackle, to be either the swing guy or the guy who takes over for, for McGlinchey on the right side. He doesn't have uh, very many years left on his contract at all. So there's that, and then the guard spots, you just have a lot of youth. You have a lot of unknowns. You don't know whether uh, Aaron Banks is the future I think we've got a, a better sense that uh, Spencer Burford can be that guy at, at the uh, at the right guard spot, but boy, um, those are those are critical positions. You've been on this uh, had this take for a few years now, David. So um, uh, welcome aboard, uh, Mr. Hans. Uh, they, could, they could use you uh, at a couple of spots. Welcome aboard, Mr. Hans. It's going to be your job to protect Mr. Lance. Nice little rhyme there for the 49ers. So that offensive line now has 10 players. Shanahan on the radio before the cutdown said that he expected the 49ers to carry nine. Well, they're now carrying 10. And, uh, you know, they might continue to carry 10. The ninth on cutdown day was Nick Zakel. And we should talk about that and the rookies in general, Matt. The yeah. 49ers, seven of their nine drafted rookies made the 53-man roster Number eight is still in the building as well in Kalia Davis. He's just on the NFI list. And the only one who didn't make it was Tariq Castro-Fields, the cornerback who I think they're happy with toward the end of training camp and preseason. He was making strides, but they didn't have room for him in the 53. They waived him, and he's now with Washington. Washington claimed him early in the day on Wednesday. But still, uh, tremendous success for the 49ers rookie class when you see the eight rookies – 
made the 53-man roster. That's uh, including Jordan Mason, an undrafted free agent. Brock Purdy, Ty Davis-Price, Mason, Danny Gray, Nick Sakel, Spencer Burford, Drake Jackson, and Samuel Womack all on the inside of this roster picture. Yeah, and I think that Cashel Fields definitely would have uh, gone to the practice squad if he hadn't been waived. Uh, I should have noted that, that there's really no cornerback uh, right now on the practice squad. They've got uh, Quantrez Knight there, uh, and he's definitely a nickel cornerback and, and possibly a safety. But I'm talking about outside cornerbacks, and um, you know they, they, they do have some sort of built-in depth there with Jason Verrett. Uh, being on uh, the injury list uh, pup to begin the season. So um, they have that to go to. But I think they'd, they'd like to bring in a young guy at that spot to develop uh, over time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's one of the, the storylines of the offseason, just uh, how good this rookie class was. And not just the draft picks, but the undrafted guys. Um, on the practice squad, you've got – uh, let's let's go down the list. Safety, uh, Taylor Hawkins. Uh, I just mentioned Knight. He's uh, a possibility at, at nickel moving forward. Tay Martin at wide receiver. Marcelino McCrary Ball. I know that uh, his agent was thinking that he might get some uh, some waiver looks, uh, waiver wire looks. He didn't. That's why he's on the practice squad. And then Jason Poe, um, who we've written a lot about, and he got a lot of people excited. And then at the end there, he uh, he sort of had a, a rough outing in Houston, um, whereas his counterpart, you know, these guys have very different off-seasons. He and Nick Zakel were basically playing, alternating at the, at the two-guard spot with the, the second-team offense throughout training camp. And Zakel started out really slowly, and Poe started out on fire, but uh, to Zakel's credit, and, and you see this just about every year, uh, I saw it with McKivitz uh, a couple of, of years ago. These some of these guys just get their you know what's kicked early on, especially in the one on one pass rush drills. But you know, practice in and practice out, they get a little bit better, and then by the end, they're doing pretty well. And, and that's what the 49ers are looking for—that steady progress. And I think that they were able to project uh, continued progress from Zakel. Uh, and that's why he made the roster. I never saw him take any snaps at center. Uh, apparently, some people did. He, he's mainly mainly working at guard right now. But he's a uh, he's a possibility, I think, at that spot moving forward. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think he took some warm-up snaps on center. I think I saw in Minnesota, I saw a video. I don't think he took any team drill snaps, but, you know, before practice, when you see the 
QBs working with various centers. I think he might have been in on that, but that's that's a longer term plan. You know, the first person to really divulge that was Adam Peters, that that this was going to be a longer term plan. I might have been in the interview with you, Matt, but Peters, uh, this is an interesting development. The 49ers will have their first practice since cutting down the roster and since re-signing Jimmy Garoppolo on Thursday. So that's going to be a spectacle. We'll get to go see Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance back together again on that practice field, not on separate fields, as had been the case throughout the first month of this uh, endeavor. But before then, we're going to go into the draft room, and we're going to be uh, we're going to have a chance to interview both John Lynch and Adam Peters. And this is significant because I know both you and I have done one-on-one stuff with Adam Peters in the past. He's been with the 49ers since Shanahan and Lynch came in 2017. But as the assistant GM, and that, you know, that's a more recent title. He was promoted a couple of years ago. Uh, it, it, as the assistant GM, Peters has yet to do an organized, larger media setting interview. The 49ers brass had been available in the past, had only been Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. So now they're adding Peters into the fold. So I see this as really a, a symbolic promotion, uh, you know, increased duties for Adam Peters. And it should be really interesting on Thursday morning. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to hear what he talks about. I mean, it was Peters who, you know, Peters runs the draft, and Peters is the one who who uh, helped find all of these uh, undrafted guys. So um, he'll have a lot to talk about. And I, I, I noticed this was sort of a trend. Um, George Payton, for example, the GM in, in Denver, had his right-hand man next to him when he did a press conference today. So... Uh, there's that. So Lynch, Lynch will kind of probably cite that. And, and he's always trying to um, uh, shift uh, credit to Adam Peters, especially when it comes to the draft. But I, I think it'll get people talking about uh, John Lynch and his future and all the opportunities he has at, at Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, John Lynch could make scads more money doing scads less work <laughs> if he if he rejoined the um the broadcast world so i think that's always a possibility and uh adam peters is from the area he's from cupertino i think um and uh, i know that the 49ers hold him in high estimation so he would be the natural replacement should John Lynch decide uh, he wanted to do something else. If, if the 49ers won the Super Bowl, for example, I, I'd be surprised if, if John Lynch did come back because he would have kind of uh, uh, achieved that uh, that goal, reached the summit that he's been trying to reach since uh, 2017. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun, and uh, I think there, there should be some – um, symbolism there when uh, those two guys are talking tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, uh, John Lynch, if they win the Super Bowl, he will have quenched that competitive thirst. He always talks about the competitive thirst. I mean, he was reportedly offered uh, about $15 million to, to call the games on Amazon. Kirk Herbstreit now has that job uh, alongside Al Michaels, and he turned down the $15 million, which would have been a 3X raise. It's been estimated that his 49ers salary is about $5 million. He turned it down, and he, and he has been honest about saying, you know, yeah, it was more money, but I still have this competitive thirst that I, I need to quench. And it, and it seems that winning a title is what remains because the 49ers have obviously gone deep into the playoffs. They've made it to the Super Bowl in 2019, the NFC Championship game last year, but both of those seasons ended with bitter disappointment. So I think John Lynch wants to turn that around. Now, you know, what's interesting, part of John Lynch's job is managing the money for the 49ers and you know, the, the reason that he was offered 
close to $15 million by Amazon uh, is very related to the reason why he, you know, can breathe a little bit easier about the 49ers salary cap situation. Because, the you know, Amazon carrying games, that's part of the NFL's new media deals, right? And they're worth a total of more than $100 billion to the league. And revenue in the league is tied to the NFL salary cap. So it's it's all connected. And Lynch, as the 49ers GM, has to make sure that the 49ers uh, manage their money well under the salary cap. And we talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. They got a new deal done. It It, it is more expensive on the 2022 cap than I think people, um, you know, I, I thought it might be when I first heard about it because I saw that it had a ton of incentives. And the way that they charge incentives uh, to the cap is if they're likely to be earned or not likely to be earned. If they're not likely to be earned, you don't have to pay them till later uh, in case Garoppolo achieves them. But the delineation between likely to be earned and not likely to be earned is determined by whether or not the QB uh, met the incentives in the years prior. In the year prior, oh, and we okay. have an extremely unusual situation here, and that Garoppolo was the starter last year, and now he's assigned the contract with the same team to be the backup. But the incentives, he met most of them last year. So his cap hit this year is $14 million, 13.99. Matt, it is still the second highest on the team. And Trent Williams, and I think the 49ers probably architected these these incentives to, for symbolic purposes because he has fallen just under Trent Williams, who's at $14.03 million. I, I don't know if that was an accident. I think from a symbolic perspective, the 49ers did not want Garoppolo to continue being the highest paid player on the team. So he is now number two, but just by a hair. And anyway, if he doesn't achieve the incentives this year, the $5.65 million that are likely to be earned, if Trey Lance plays the whole season and Garoppolo just rides the bench, the 49ers will get refunded that money next season. But still, uh, the, the, the cap situation isn't as wide open as uh, you know, a lot of people thought it might be right after that deal. Uh, the cap hits not only eight point nine million; it's actually near fourteen million dollars. And the 49ers, according to all my calculations, have about six point five million in space uh, entering this season, which is solid, middle of the pack, not bad. They're on financially stable ground, but uh, John Lynch will have uh, some maneuvering to do, and he's probably going to have Prague Marate help him as this season gets underway. I'm assuming that that's the highest uh, cap of any backup quarterback in the league. The, the question, and you, you probably don't have this off the, off the top of your head, but if you add uh, Trey Lance's cap plus Jimmy's cap, where does that put the 49ers, you know, in, in terms of uh, quarterback caps uh, across the NFL? Well, if you add them together, Garoppolo's 13.99 and Trey Lance is – Seven point eight, so four. So about twenty-two. Yeah, about twenty-two, and I could probably go and uh, look on. Yeah, it's probably right in the middle, right? Uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe twelfth or so. That's that's my guess. Probably, yeah, probably twenty-two would be like a lower paid uh, starter right. now with on, on on a longer term deal. Here's NFL positional spending on spot track, so. We can look this up. QB top is the Seattle. Se- uh, this is 2021. I need to go to 2022. I was like, what? The Seattle Seahawks. They're not paying Drew Locke. <laughs> no. They're not playing. Yeah, I don't think Geno's making that much. I don't think Geno's making top right. dollar. <laughs> Here we are. Top is the Kansas City Chiefs, $39.9 million. Bottom is the Houston Texans, $3.7 million. Wow. 
So the 49ers at 22.5 million are in the top half. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're tenth. Okay, tenth at twenty-two point right. five million. All right, it's it's still it's still really high, uh, but uh, they're they're paying for their insurance, I guess, uh, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, and and it's what with Garoppolo at fourteen million, they saved thirteen million. So it would have been thirteen million higher. It would have been thirty-five point five million without. Uh, they would have released Garoppolo. I get it, but. Just for comparison's sake, that would have been number three in the NFL, behind only Kansas City and Tennessee. Tennessee's 39.5 this year. I guess some funky structuring of uh, Ryan Tannehill's contract. Plus, they have a rookie in there, right? So uh, the, the the rookie deal does um, – but, yeah, Malik didn't go in the first round, though, did he? So um, it shouldn't be that expensive. I have to look up Tannehill's contract. Either way, the 49ers aren't uh, – 49ers aren't. Uh, that oversold now in the quarterback position. They are within a realm of financial efficiency. Um, their biggest positional spend is now the well. It was it still was the defensive line even before this at forty one point six million. But there are way more players in the defensive line room than in the QB room. But uh, they you know they they definitely put their money where their mouth is. They talk about the defensive line being. The heartbeat of the team, well, the, the, the money's there, $41.6 million, and that's before uh, Nick Bosa even signs what's expected to be a very lucrative extension next season. Yeah. Well, we got a, a good question from Joe L. He says, uh, he writes, with Jimmy Ward's injury, do the Niners offer Tart, Jaquaski Tart, a contract? Um, how would you answer that, David? Well... I think you know, right now it's interesting with these veterans that are that are floating around because a lot of guys have gotten cut. You will see a lot of teams play a waiting game because if you bring in a vested veteran before week one and he's on your roster for week one, his contract becomes guaranteed for the entire season. But if you bring him in after week one, then then you could play the, the yo-yo game with some of these veterans if you want to send them to the practice squad or do all this stuff and you won't owe them. Um, that that guaranteed money. So if the 49ers aren't completely sure about a 17-game role for Jaquaski Tart, um, then then they might you know balk at bringing him in immediately, and they may just try to survive Week One with who they have on the roster. You could even call up to Sean Gibson from the practice squad. And then they could reevaluate the situation when there is less financial commitment to Jaquaski Tart. Now I will say that Tart had a $500,000 guarantee from the Philadelphia Eagles who cut him. So um, he, he, uh, he, he's in a position where he probably won't be asking for all that much money. He might even accept the minimum um, since, you know, that guarantee is already coming to him. But uh, I, I think that the 49ers still don't want to be completely tethered to anything unless they really have to be. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm also wondering what they're doing with – Dante Johnson, whether he's going to be the guy who sort of gets ping-ponged on and off the roster this year, uh, the guy that they sign after week two or after week one, um, because uh, he's not on the practice squad right now. He's not on the active roster. I'm not, uh, I'm not exactly sure what their, their plan is with him, but um, uh, as we've noted, he's mostly played safety this offseason, so he would be their, their next guy after our Tarverius Moore at that position, at, at the free safety spot. That's my guess. Um, so they, they would have to bring him back at some point. Uh, but uh, so I, I think uh, Tart 
it's a possibility, but uh, he might be a you know several injuries from now type of possibility. We've got another good question from uh, Dakeem E. It's more of a statement. He says, "Don't see why Sermon Trey Sermon would want to sign with the Niners practice squad unless nobody else gives him an offer." Um, I think that's a great point because <laughs> I think it's clear where Trey Sermon uh, stands uh, in the pecking order right now. That's number five after being cut today. Um, you know, the question is, with all these maneuvers that all these other teams are doing, um, uh, does uh, does another team want him at, at running back? And uh, if, if they don't, then um, it's somebody else's practice squad or the 49ers. I guess – the the thing about uh, the lure for Trey Sermon and the 49ers is that he knows the system now, and he also knows that uh, there's some kind of injury-prone guys ahead of him on that depth chart, starting with Elijah Mitchell, who's, who's not all entirely healthy right now. He's still coming back from that hamstring strain. But, um, I mean, even if you were the fifth guy on the roster last year, David, you would have been – he would have been absolutely in the lineup following that uh, that week two game in Philadelphia. That's when everybody, including Sermon, got hurt. Uh, so I guess that would be the lure. But the team's got a great point. Uh, boy, the, the handwriting seems to be on the wall for how uh, how the 49ers see Trey Sermon. Yeah, and I mean, and to, to the point that I mean, this is the league's chance to to pick him up. And if somebody does claim it on, on waivers, that means they have a spot for him on their fifty three man roster. So of course, uh, I think you'd prefer to be somewhere where he's making fifty three man money instead of the practice squad. The question is, will he get claimed? And if he doesn't, well, then I would say the Forty Nineers are probably the best situation. I mean, they they, they don't completely they haven't completely dismissed him because he did make the initial fifty three. If they were totally over him then uh, they would have waived him yesterday. They they waived him when Blake Kantz became available today. So he made the 53, but just barely. And well, it's we'll so interesting if- that they waived him and not Jordan Mason. I mean, there's a ton of well, film out there on Trey Sermon, um, but uh, there's not on, on Jordan Mason, and, and yet they, uh, they waived Sermon instead. Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, Mason had more production in the preseason games. Sermon seemed higher up on the pecking order uh, in, in the in training camp. And uh, remember Shanahan and Lynch glowing about Sermon in the final days before the cut down. And we yeah, theorized yeah. Say that, that they might be trying to see if they could get something for him. Right. Trade, right? right. And and they didn't. Um, and, and so they kept Sermon for the time being. And that was only like a 12 hour time being. So it didn't work out. Matt, I know you have to run here in a couple minutes. I don't see any uh, questions on my end. Do you want to rapid fire through a couple questions and then, we'll, then, then you'll get going here in about uh, 100 seconds? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 430 is when I have to go. What is it? 428. Yeah, I've got, uh, yeah. I've got 120 seconds here. Let's do it. Uh, do you have some questions on your end? I can't see any on my end for some reason. Um, Josh Cruz. Asked, do you guys see getting one more running back on the practice squad? Maybe a guy like Marlon Mack. Um, I do see them getting one more guy on the practice squad. I, I, I would think that their first choice is, is uh, Trey Sermon. To me, for Sermon, it's a question, do I join the 49ers practice squad or if he goes unclaimed? 
do I join somebody else's practice squad and just kind of start fresh in a new city? But yeah, I, I think that they, they want to have five tailbacks altogether. So four on the active roster and one on the practice squad. Like we said at the outset, uh, there are still uh, four spots to fill. So one of those is going to a running back. Um, would be to a veteran like Mac or a guy that they're sort of curious about, um, a younger guy that uh, they think has potential, that they they have a dossier on. Looks like Mac cut out there on us. Maybe Maybe they're calling him from the radio station. So I'll go ahead and wrap this up for our show. Speaking of the practice squad, the 49ers today, I thought, registered a couple coups. They were able to land Kamoko Ture onto their practice squad as a veteran who they released the day before, and Malik Turner was in the same boat. So an edge rusher and a receiver who probably would have had offers elsewhere, but especially Ture with five and a half sacks last year, but instead he cho- chose to join the 49ers practice squad, which I think speaks to Chris Kacarek. That's how valuable he is as a defensive line coach. Teray believes that uh, it's more valuable for his career to take less money on the practice squad, significantly less, and play with uh, play under Chris Kacarek uh, for the 49ers. Same thing with Malik Turner. And now the 49ers are really deep. That helps enhance the 53-man roster because we will see uh, Malik Turner potentially flexed up for games. We'll see Kamoko Ture potentially flexed up for games. And by being in the building, they obviously raise their chances of being permanently promoted to the active 53-man roster. So in the case of Kamoko Ture, it's probably the appeal of Chris Kacarek. And in the case of Malik Turner, it's probably the appeal of new special teams coordinator Brian Schneider, who really likes Malik Turner and, and probably will be uh, pounding the table for him to get a promotion moving forward. So a couple of coups for the 49ers. They built their practice squad. By the way, Jason Poe also made it through waivers and is on that practice squad. I know that will make some fans happy. All right, everybody, thank you for joining this live room. Uh, no, no audio functionality today, but next time we'll get that fixed for you. So thank you, everybody, for joining, and we'll talk to you all soon.